Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being on today. Um, today, we are tuned in for a, another one of our Chit Chat series where our customers and users share their perspective on modernizing and automating the work that they do at Monday. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nancy Wu, and I do sales and customer support for SkySTEM. Um, I do have a guest on video today, which I will introduce in one second. A couple of announcements before we start. Um, you can always go to our website after the session, www.skystem.com, and check out everything that we've talked about today. We have lots of case studies, videos, other demos that we've done that are recorded that you can check out on LinkedIn. Two things. Number one, if you haven't joined already, go ahead and search in LinkedIn for the free CPE network. That's a network group that we run on LinkedIn where we will publish uh, CPE eligible events that are either free or heavily discounted as we come across them. Most of it is ours, but when we do come across other people's, we put them on as well. So it's a really nice group um, if you are into CPE credits. And number two, guys, look at my followers. Uh, I have broken 400 followers. <laughs> so thank you all so much for your support. Um, I am trying to reach a thousand followers by the end of the year. Uh, so if you are active on LinkedIn, uh, we would appreciate a follow. You can just look up SkySTEM, follow us. So I'm making really great progress, and I am looking to hit a thousand followers by the end of the calendar year. That is my my BHAG, my big hairy audacious goal for 2023. So do give us a follow if you are on LinkedIn. Okay, uh, a couple other things. Um, podcasts. So we have Google Alerts set for white collar crime on podcasts, and there are some really interesting stories that we turn into podcasts. I host it myself. These episodes are very very short. If you like podcasts, subscribe to the SkySTEM podcast. I know a very original name that we came up with. And I am going to be coming back later next month, June 15th. I'm doing one of our most popular topics all year. This is definitely top five topics um, every year. It's called Back to Basics with Reconciliation. And this is where we are going to talk about what is a reconciliation, uh, what, uh, what it's supposed to look like, how to prepare it, how to review it, the elements of a reconciliation, what is and is not a reconciliation, uh, probably a lot more content about reconciliation that you've ever seen. I suggest you sign up for that from our website um, for that's for TDE credit. And then on the 20th, I'm going to talk about um, an eight sins of manual reconciliation, also for CPE credit. So today we are talking about Lancaster Leaf Tobacco. Uh, Lancaster Leaf is a subsidiary of Universal Corporation, the leading global leaf tobacco supplier. Lancaster Leaf manages universal dark air-cured tobacco operations and all relevant traditional dark air-cured origins. It supplies virtually all of the major cigar manufacturers in the U.S. with filler, binder, and wrapper from the U.S. and other origins. In addition to domestic supply, Lancaster also exports filler, binder, and wrapper to international cigar manufacturers as well. It contracts directly with farmers in all dark air-cured growing regions around the world, including the United States, the Dominican Republic, Brazil, Paraguay, and Ecuador. And I'm really excited today to have on with me the VP and CFO of Lancaster Leaf, Raul Perez. So 
or will I'm going to turn it over to you so that you can introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you again for that introduction. Uh, honored to be here with you guys, and I hope that I can convey some experiences and ideas that are also shareable uh, with you. A um, little bit about me. I've been in finance for quite a long time, and you can see I have uh, some, some gray hair, so I have a lot of experience in all facets of finance. And uh, for decades, I have dealt with month and closing process. So I, I feel very confident about my understanding about this process, and hopefully I can convey some good, positive ideas of, of problems or situations that you may be facing. Uh, talking about a little bit about tobacco, uh, like Nancy mentioned, you know, we are a global subsidiary of uh, Universal Corp. We manage our operations throughout uh, various continents, and we have basically five large uh, locations. I for the discussion of today, I want to focus on our largest manufacturing site, which is the Dominican Republic, which, which is where we have, uh, you know, encountered some of the accounts reconciliation and closing uh, process problems, and in the ones that we have successfully uh, addressed this concern, and uh, and I can share some of my experiences working with uh, ART, you know, our account reconciliation tool. Fantastic. And Raul, um, you also have a very lovely wife, Nancy, who I've met and <laughs> chatted with not too long ago. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so let's talk about the current state. Um, if you can just describe to me kind of when you first got on the job, describe to me what was the month and close process like for that particular region? Well, yes, and, and again, as a multinational, you know, we have we have beautiful corporate manuals that you know set the tones as to what needs to happen by each of the group. Our company is divided by group and then by regions. So we all have the mandate uh, of how to do things, you know, the timing, you know, we have a 10 business day period in which we have to report up to corporate. And within that 10 days, this is enough time that the allowable time that we have to make sure there are balances are accurate and that the, the account reconciliation process and close process is complete. Uh, one of the thing is that because this is the largest uh, entity that we have and me starting new into the field, I began to assess the process. And what we finally quickly noticed is that literally, regardless of the mandate that we have from corporate, what was happening in the ground was a little bit much, much different. And I, I'm, I'm sure that many of you can relate to this, particularly when you're dealing with foreign locations. So yes, the site was meeting the deadlines of reporting, but when you look deep, there was no accuracy. There was a lack of accuracy when you tried to review the account balances, uh, you know, the completeness of the work. A lot of accounts were not reconciled. A lot of steps were missed. And you know, nevertheless, they still submitted a month-end uh, close. So the process that we found, again, one is that there was no real accountability as to what needed to be done in terms of number of accounts that needed to be reviewed uh, on a monthly or quarterly basis. Uh, there was no identification or true identification of variances. You know, those, uh, those summaries did not match up really to what the balance should be. And a lot of the cases, what we found is that 
what you see is historical data of what's happening in the end account, but there's no analytical analysis as to why the balance is this or whether the balance of that account should be something else. So the process that they have, again, they were unable to, to attest on a monthly basis that they don't own the work. They were unable to attest that individual persons had the responsibility to complete accounts and on a timely matter, and that there was no sign off or, super, or review at the end of the reconciliation process. The documentation was lacking in terms of real support and analysis of the account. And then lastly, there was really no documentation after the fact. So we could not go back, I may say a quarter ago, and, and try to understand what work was done, what analysis, what discrepancies were found. So it's really, uh, I, I would call it a non-assistant process that you can go back. Uh, again, we had the mandate, they deliver a product. When you look into it, there was no really accuracy and completeness of the work. Yeah, uh -huh. and this is pretty typical of teams that are run on a more informal basis. Um, mm -hmm. Historically, right, it's not like people don't want to do the work. It's like, well, there's a big pile of work here. Let's do the best we can, you know, make sure that we're delivering financials that are materially accurate, but are all the T's crossed and I's dotted? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and because they are remote, uh, they have less, you know, corporate or group have less visibility to what's happening on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and it's it's hard to catch, right? Because it's not like they're sending information, and if they do, it's you know, it might not be as timely. So it's kind of like, well, you send the numbers, and hopefully they're pretty good, and yeah. you know, kind of like yeah, you know, of unfortunately, unfortunately, when when it comes to your attention, it's already too late. Uh, is because yeah. something has happened that 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 was not caught because the process was not working. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you uh, at the time you were a very new executive, so you knew kind of coming in, this is the type of work that you're going to need to be doing, right? This was not a surprise for you. Yes, <laughs> I was warm. I was warm in the interview process that this was a challenging area. Uh, not so much because of the people, but more because it's a newest location, the more diverse location in terms of people and product and processes. I scatter in about 15 different locations in the island and, and the one that lacks the advanced system. So we, we knew that we had an ERP issue. You know, we, have, we were just working with very legacy systems, uh, nothing that we can rely. And again, the, the risk was higher because of the volumes of activity that was happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, guys, um, as we're talking, I should have mentioned this earlier. Um, if you guys have questions, um, go ahead and pop them in. And then when we catch a break, uh, we will be addressing the questions, whether it's to me or for our guest Raul here. Just feel free to ping. So I'm seeing some questions come in, which is, which is great. And Carrie, I see yours. We're going to get into it soon. Yeah. Um, Raul, give me a sense um, as to how long the closing process was. Um, I know you're not, you weren't super happy with it, but like how long was the close process generally, uh, the number of accounts you're reconciling month in, quarter end, um, and maybe like the high, high level schedule that they're supposed to be following when it comes to closing. Well, well, before we embark on the, on the uh, you know, SkyStand tool, uh, typically mm -hmm. their closing was closer to about 20 days. 
on a monthly basis. Uh, quarterly, they have the mandate of 10 business days. So on a quarterly basis, they managed to provide a report, again, which was not the accurate report. So they were they were really operating on a 20 business day you know uh, cycle, which to me is you know it's a never ending closing process, that you really never <laughs> to close the one before. Uh, uh, they were only reconciling key accounts, meaning that uh, those sensitive accounts that corporate tend to pay attention. Obviously, you you, you have your bank and you have your intercompany receivables and you have uh, the inventory. So in you know, they were reconciling probably less than 50 accounts, those that only have a particular question called, you know, the sensitive uh, accounts. And, uh, and they, were, they were not doing a very good job in terms of uh, analyzing and assessing each of these accounts. Uh, so that was what, you know, uh, what the current scenario, uh, what we have been able to do now is, uh, you know, it's is really, Take an uh, inventory account, inventory of all the accounts that we have in the balance sheet, making a, a risk assessment as to which of these accounts needed to be reconciled on a monthly basis, quarterly, semi-annual, or, or yearly. Uh, have accountability as to you know responsibility, who is responsible for for completing this account at the timing that they are responsible. What is the expected time that they should be completing those? And what is the expected time that the supervisor should be reviewing and addressing any uh, discrepancies? And, and follow through those discrepancies okay. no, no longer than a quarterly basis. Yeah, okay. and that's a really good point. These are good exercises to do um, prior to adopting any sort of technology. Right, mm -hmm. because as you'll see later, we're actually going to go in and play around the system in a bit. As you see later, the system can do a fantastic job in enforcing those expectations. Um, once you identify, hey, who's going to do what? Are we going to reconcile, you know, this account monthly, quarterly, and what are the deadlines? Um, a system can do a really great job enforcing that, but it can't come up with those expectations. That is the responsibility and on ownership of management to say, hey, you know, this is a game plan, guys that we're gonna do going forward. Um, uh, I got a question here from Carrie Raul. Yes. Um, I'm interested in your perspective. Have you heard, so she asked, have you heard of the hard close? And what is your opinion on this, um, on, on this method? Um, yeah. I feel like maybe because of your background, the better question is, have you ever worked in an organization, Raul, where you don't do a hard close? Well, uh, yes, I mean, the uh, hard close is, you know, it's not, not done on a monthly basis. I mean, many companies, what they do, you know, they do a hard close on a quarterly basis or even semi-annually. Uh, and then the, the months between, they call it, you know, they call it a soft close, where, it, you know, things are, are, are less sensitive during, during those months. Actually, Universal follows a, close, a hard close on a quarterly basis. And which oh, is this is the one that we have to submit within 10 business days. The months between are are more discretionary and soft and soft for the corporation point of view. In our group, we are we are we're attempting to do every month on a very you know hard close. But yes, many companies use use the hard close methodology just to for for sake of time and to be more efficient and you know, allows them to correct and, and fix any discrepancy between the quarter or between hard closes. So what is your opinion on that? Are you a fan of hard close every month or hard close every quarter? Um, 
No, well, I, I am a fan of, uh, of hard close several times in the year, particularly on a quarterly basis. Uh, unless you have a situation where you feel that you have a lack of control, uh, there's no need for you to have a hard close every month. Because remember, I mean, all you're trying to do basically is, particularly for public companies, you know, you are reporting a quarterly, the period is a quarter. Uh, so you want to ensure that the results are proper within that quarter. If something is up or down in the, in the first, second month of the month, it's all going to be adjusted at quarter end. So yes, I'm, I'm a fan of hard closing several periods during the year. You don't need to do that every year, unless, I mean, every month, unless there is a particular situation that you need to address. Yeah, and um, uh, let me just clarify because someone is asking uh, the difference between what is a hard close versus a soft close. So in my mind, um, when you do a month and close that is able to produce financial statements, so you have all the numbers in there basically mm -hmm. where you can spit out financials, that is considered a hard close. A soft close is a little more informal where you get the numbers to be materially accurate, but you understand that you're not including every single thing. You're not looking at every single thing. Um, it's usually where you're not, you know, going to be producing a set of financials until later on in the year, like the quarter end. Yeah. So that's the difference, Angie, between a hard close yeah. and Yeah, and, and there, there's, a little bit, there's a little bit more in, into that, uh, particularly when it comes to estimates. During, during a soft close, you have a little bit more liberty on your estimates. Uh, for example, you know, you can close payroll the day, the day it closes, you don't have to roll the numbers to the end of the, the period. The same thing with, uh, with other activities. You can, you can close sales three days before you have to, to accommodate your deadline. So you have some liberties in terms of, uh, you know, when you actually close different modules and, and the benchmark in which you do your estimates. But yeah. yeah, and the hard close, yeah, that's when everything needs to be done at the end of the period and it has to be accurate. Yeah, that's a good point, right? The ability to take estimates. Eric says it must be nice. Um, I assume he meant must be nice to do a soft close. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a hard close all the time environment, so Eric, I sympathize. Um, a couple of things that Rule has touched upon when it comes to a manual process, I think mean, I feel like he touched upon almost all of it. But these are the common pain points that people have expressed to us when they come to us to evaluate or even consider automation. Number mm -hmm. one is just there's too much work. Too much work, not enough people. Um, sometimes they catch errors, and Rolo will talk about that in a bit. Uh, you know, especially for a public company, there's a lot of burden in executing internal controls. And as you know, when it comes to month and close, there is a lot of internal controls, and it's very burdensome to execute them all by hand. Um, this is happening less and less now where a lot of people are still using paper, not so much, but certainly a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, one of the biggest things, especially post-pandemic, um, is everyone is not together. So a lot of times, you know, you don't really know what is happening, you know, when you need a status update or how much of a balance you discover. That information is getting harder and harder to get. And in Raul's example, you know, people are not even in the same country. So, um, that certainly um, all contributes to just a very burdensome manual process. Mm -hmm. So, Raul, um, in the notes that um, you sent me, you did talk about a couple of events that triggered um, you guys wanting to come to us. Um, why don't you tell us about that? Well, yeah, so I mean, uh, I have been 
lucky enough to come across a SkyStem some time ago. And so I know the potential and benefit of, of the system. And, uh, and when I started in Lancaster, I had, a, you know, I had in mind, you know, this is something that I wanted to do, but the right with the time is right. Uh, we're going through a lot of processing, you know, in, improving systems and so forth. But there were there were some events that trigger the, the the need immediately to really implement art again quickly. Uh, and the, and this is you know the painful one, you know, which is the discovery of a mayor under accrual that affected it was big enough that affected a corporate books uh, on this overseas subsidiary. In other words. On a, uh, accruals that should have been recorded, uh, they were they were purposely not recorded to the to the full extent and di and divided in multiple accounts, so none of the accounts could actually trigger uh, an audit by itself. Uh, so this this created an immediate response from corporate. You know, it wasn't it wasn't considered fraud, but it was really a manipulation of financial information. That would have a material effect. The other one says that, you know, with the realization that the current process, you know, basically lack all sense of documentation and review, uh, gave us a bigger sense that we need to do something. We cannot be, uh, you know, down the road with another situation in which we find significant mishaps not being recorded or vice versa, you know, stuff that is recorded that should have not been recorded. And the fact that we, a group, are working in an update uh, ERP system. We needed to ensure that the legacy system was properly, properly reconciled before we can move forward to a new legacy system, to a new, to a new uh, ERP system. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we 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 were confronted with a real situation, and we and we needed to act, and and quickly act. You know, we we couldn't embark on a six month implementation process to do reconciliations because you know we needed them last month and so <laughs> i distinctly remember telling me that when we reconnected um so for the audience here raul and i have actually worked together before when he implemented art at his prior company so by the time he reached out to us at lancaster leave we pretty much already you know we were in sync in terms of him knowing what we offer and us having a lot of comfort um, in his execution style and his um, abilities as a leader, which is something that I do want to touch upon. But mm -hmm. before I do that, let me let me show the audience here just a, a little tiny demo um, in our system. So to level set us, because um, we talk about certain features and certain benefits, and I want you to be able to visualize what what that is. So at the core. Um, what our system does is called ART. What our system does is it gives you some automation capabilities around the most common things you do when it comes to closing. Now, not every customer uses every module, but you can see here that it's reconciliation automation, it's balance sheet flux analysis automation. You know, if you're a public company, then certification potentially. We have automation for your closing checklist, your P&L variance analysis. And then it gives you some real-time reporting and dashboarding so that you can monitor um, your closing process. What that translates to in terms of the system is something like this. Um, if I could get if I could get a loaded, that would be great. Hang on, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Raul, can you see um, art being pulled up? Yes. Okay. 
So the way it works is it's going to bolt onto whichever general ledger platform that you are using, whether that's SAP, Oracle, you know, NetSuite. Um, in this case, we're using Odoo. But it doesn't really matter which platform. We can bolt onto it, and you can either load a trial balance or we can build an automated feed. Once that, each month, once that trial balance information gets into the system, you'll see we're in May here, um, it starts to, it starts to set up your closing checklist and your reconciliation. <clears throat> so this is a dashboard. We're in the middle of the May close, let's pretend. And what this dashboard does is shows you actually where everything is when it comes to reconciliation, coverage, ownership, tasks, um, certain kind of quality scores, flux analysis. And that is in real time. Anytime your people comes into the system and does something, um, the dashboards and reports are going to reflect. Okay, so when we talk about things like um, documentation, right, you may or may not be doing the reconciliation, but you're certainly not showing that work. Um, and that is a really common issue when it comes to especially off-site teams where we do this or that, but we can't really show it. Um, John, yes, it works with JDE. We actually have quite a few customers on, on JDE. Um, so, for example, what the system will do right off the bat is it's going to set up your reconciliation checklist so that you don't have to track that in Excel. And then it's actually going to try to system reconcile immediately as many accounts as possible. So certain, certain accounts on your chart of accounts actually does not need to be touched when it comes to the reconciliation work. Um, so through a variety of algorithms and rules and things that you have set as management, the system will close out anywhere from 10 to 40% of your reconciliation pool. After that, it's going to give you um, these templates that you can use. We call them standard forms, but they're essentially templates that you can use to help build the reconciliation. So this is just one example. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But the idea here is that, hey, of all the other recs that you got to do, they probably should be fairly standardized. Um, I think, Raul, that was one of the things that you were looking for is a higher level of standardization, which mm -hmm. is a little bit difficult to do if you are 100% on spreadsheets. So our solution here is we give you one of several standard forms where you can kind of like follow along and put in your reconciliation work and attach your documents and then route it for an automated workflow so that if I am in the Dominican Republic and I sign off on a reconciliation, it turns purple. And that's going to tell someone like Raul that you got to go in or someone on the team is going to go in and review those reconciliations digitally. Um, and that's really nice because not only can you see and do the review online, you also have access to a lot of high-level information. Like, for example, out of these two accounts I want to review, I can see what the GL balance is that is coming from Odoo. I can see that this person has proposed a timing difference of $800. I can see that both of the reconciliations were reconciled down to zero, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, and I can see things like a quality score, and that's something we can talk about um, if you guys are interested in a deeper one-on-one -on -one meeting. So these are kind of the things that you're going to be able to do when it comes to automation. Um, I'll give you another example, which is our uh, closing checklist. So the closing checklist is traditionally on a spreadsheet, and what we'll do is we'll bring it online. We will automate in the sense where we'll do the scheduling. We, we can attach templates and instructions. You can sign off digitally. You can have email alerts. 
Um, and then you retain all of your sign-offs and your digital trail and all of your documents that you associate with these activities. And that shows up month after month, right? You have, let's say I'm closing May, but if I want to go see what am I supposed to be doing for the December close, my year-end close, right? So that checklist shows up right away when I go to year-end. It's probably going to have more activities because my year-end close is more intense than, you know, my regular May close. Um, so more activities are going to show up on that December checklist. You're going to have new due dates. It's going to automatically compute you know, whether it's calendar days plus five, that certain things are due, or business days minus two, that sort of thing. So what it does, it gives you a centralized home to run your close and reconciliation and your variance and flux analysis process. Mm -hmm. um, John is asking, is the software cloud-based? Yes, it is cloud-based. Uh, we do not install. Uh, what that means is that as long as you have access to a browser, which I'm sure you do, <laughs> you're going to be able to use the system. Uh, what this also means is that we're not going to require really any time from your IT department to get this project done. Most of the teams we work with do not have access to readily available IT support, uh, which is unfortunate. They're usually just very overburdened. So we'll do this project. Um, there's a timeline that I'll show you later. It's about three to four weeks in which we set up uh, your instance of your site without IT support. Now, Raul, while this poll runs, I'm curious, uh, was there anything in particular that you, you know, since you've used this tool before already, even before you were at Lancaster Leave, was there top one or two things in particular that you really, really needed out of art for your Lancaster Leave team? Well, there's too many, but I, I, will, I will say that the first one is the completeness. I mean, with the system, now I can, I can tell what, work has been done, what uh, progress of the work has been done. And at the end of the, of the close, I have a certainty that the work has been completed, has been reviewed, and has been documented. So that is the biggest you know, uh, deliverable that the system has. Now, on top of that, you know, the, what I call the, the soft benefit is the, is the fact that you are in top of the numbers and that if the process is done well and consistently you're not going to have surprises of what is happening um and that's a really big win uh that the good news is that you get pretty immediately because as soon as the system is in play as soon as you you know switch on and go live you get to get that completeness check right away and in fact we have more than a few instances where we get the system in place and within the first cycle our customers will tell us we have not reconciled this account that we forgot about for three months or five months. That is not unusual to, mm -hmm. to catch that. Suzanne is asking uh, QuickBooks. Yes, it will integrate with QuickBooks, um, yeah, whether desktop or online, it, it doesn't matter. Um, although um, I feel like uh, in terms of, not because we don't integrate with it, but just the size of the company in general, uh, we do most of our work with companies that are between $80 million in revenue to about $2 billion. So usually by then they've grown out of QuickBooks, unless you're talking about maybe QuickBooks Enterprise. Um, is a trial balance, oh, this is another question, is a trial balance a static import into Spicem Art or is it changing live if updates are made on the system side? That's a great question. So Suzanne, the answer is going to be up to you. Uh, we don't have real-time live updates. Uh, because again, we're thinking about, you know, you think about the context of month and close and reconciliations. Um, this is not an ERP where you need live updates. However, we have customers that run the gamut of doing one import 
per period, uh, meaning that they've substantially closed and then they start reconciling, which is not unusual, to, you know, they will start maybe refreshing once a day, starting from day minus two, and then they go all the way till day five or seven or 10 or whatever they stop doing that work, um, to multiple times a day, you know, real heavy for the first five days, and then maybe twice a day or once a day for X many days after that. It's really going to be based on whatever you want, basically. Um, these fees are scheduled automatically on your end of, of the system. Now, uh, Raul, when in terms of um, evaluation, let me just go back a little bit. Uh, did we do a lot of evaluation outside of us getting together and uh, going over newer features and updates just to kind of bridge the gap between the last time you've seen it versus more recent? Because uh, on, on the vendor side, I don't recall, uh, outside of our discussions, I don't recall a lot of steps. But I don't know, on your side, you may have had to go through approvals or whatnot. Maybe tell us about that. I, I just wasn't sure. Well, I mean, uh, for our end, was was a little bit easier because this is, to me, this this is a this is a end, you know, a tool for the end user. It's a tool for the administrative group, and we view it as such. I mean, we didn't we didn't got into more detail than, hey, this is another Excel tool that we can use to to do the process. Uh, we did have to go to a, an approval because it's a cloud base and there's financial data stored in the cloud base. So we had to go to the evaluation to make sure that the data was accurately safe there. Uh, but our IT department did not get involved besides the evaluation of the uh, cloud base uh, agreement. Uh, this yeah. is something that you know our you know accounting teams uh, can implement very, very easily. And uh, because we chose at the moment, we chose to up, do the manual upload, uh, waiting for the new system in which, you know, then we will go to, to automated uh, upload probably, you know, once a day. Uh, so the, the, the requirements were very few from our end. Again, just, just making sure that the iCloud service agreement meets our criteria and the implementation, you know, like, like you're saying, Nancy, you know, we were able to roll this, uh, you know, very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you've also done this once before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so at your other company, the old company, um, I recall that there was a very robust evaluation. A lot of people got involved. It was yeah. very, very thorough. Right. And we came out on top as a result of that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. This is also your second time. So although it was, I think, very successful the first time around as well when you led that project. Uh, and, and you know, and, and if you recall, I mean, in 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 the evaluation, I mean, the the three major areas that you know that allow us to to move forward with with SkyTem was, you know, one was the the magnitude of implementation. How long did the did, the, did we feel that the system would have taken to be implemented? Uh, the complexity of the system, you know, is the, are we something that we fail? We feel that we can manage this software mostly our own, or or this is so convoluted system that we cannot manage this ourselves. And third was really the pricing. I mean, and this is a, this is a very affordable system that meets the needs of uh, I would say most of the folks. If, now, if there are there are certain certain entities that will require certain 
size or complication, that's fine. But for the most part, this is the right tool for most of the people out there that are, are, are here with us today. Yeah, that is something that we're really proud of um, is that this is, you know, think about month and close. If you think about reconciliation, it's not a very complicated process and that most people know how to do it. So it's not like you need a system to teach you how to do it. It's yeah. more so, hey, I just want something automated and contained for my month and close process. So it's actually to us, at least for the market that we serve, it's really helpful when the system is not super complicated because then it doesn't get in the way of you actually closing and doing all the other things that you probably prefer to do that is a little more strategic than yeah. closing the book. Someone is asking for the deck. Guys, if you guys refer to the handout section, um, the deck is attached. Although now that I'm looking at it, there's not much going on on the deck itself. It's mostly the discussion that is relevant. So uh, I don't actually know why I'm sharing these screens. Okay, I'm gonna share one more screen and then I'll probably stop the screen share. So you can see our lovely faces more so, I guess. But yes, there is a handout. Um, there's two handouts. One is the deck itself, if you want to grab it. The other one is a one-pager that just talks about what we do if you want something really concise and a quick read in terms of what art is all about. Okay, let's, um, let's talk about implementation. We touched upon that in a bit, but I just want to level set the audience here. So the implementation we typically follow is a three to four week implementation, it takes us about 20 hours on the vendor side to do it. Um, and that involves us checking out whatever available information you have around closing checklists and reconciliation checklists and what the rest look like. Um, and some people have a lot of that documentation and some people, you know, it's more informal. So that varies. Um, and then once they talk through the higher level features, like, hey, do you want to set it up as multi-entity or do you need to reconcile in multiple currencies, like things like that, like really high level things that you would know right away if you worked at your company for more than a month. We then send you home with a template. That's where you list out all the accounts you want to reconcile. Is it going to be monthly, quarterly, annual? Who's going to do it? You know, do you want it to system reconcile? How many items are in your closing checklist? What are the due dates? These are things that you know. And we take that information and we then, as a vendor, we build the site. So this is why people get really excited because we don't need you to come build the site. We don't need your IT to get involved. As vendors, we will build that site for you, load your information, you know, everyone's stuff. And then in that final site review, we show you that information so that you can say, yep, this is spot on or, you know, totally wrong. That doesn't happen a lot. But you review the site. And then after that, we take you through the user training. So there's a 90-minute training that is live on your site. So that by the time you hit that first cycle, your site is fully set up, you're already trained, and you're moving along. Now, mm -hmm. in that first cycle, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns just because it's new. So Raul, tell us about maybe like what your experience onboarding this particular team was or is like. Well, again, I have the benefit of understanding the, uh, you know, the structure and, and how they, you know, to put up the template best, you know, best for, for our company. Uh, once we had that, we, we, encourage the, we, we encourage the team, one, to be open to, to the new tool and, and, and help them comparison to comparison how the new system is going to improve their work work process and the, the, the one that the part that you say at the beginning the uh, the, the formatting the, the, the template format 
was something big for them, because, for the group, because you know they're just accustomed to one one standard format, uh, trying to follow the same the same template, and they were uh, you know they, they were excited to see the different ways that we can populate and support uh, each of those formats. Uh, the training, I you know I remember we just did this in one afternoon formally uh, with the entire group, and then we follow it with a one to one. Uh, we have the we have the benefit of having a, an outside person that that was just dedicated to follow up with the team. Uh, you know, each of these steps, we 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 actually have a have a person bilingual that is uh, user user trained for this, and he that person has been, you know, working very closely with the entire staff. Our our group right now is about ten professionals that use the tool on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, yeah. The system is kind of intuitive. Uh, you know, you you know, once you once you walk through one, I mean, everything else, you know, seems to follow the same the same formatting and the same same approach. Uh, the one thing that I always have to say, the difficulty in here is to convince the people to transition some of the work, you know, the, the files into the system. Uh, you know, the, the intention is not for you to do direct on Excel and then try to import the rec into the system because that de de defies, you know, defies the purpose of this. So it's how do you transfer, you know, that worksheet that you used to do, how do you input this and use the system for the next reconciliation which really set up. So that's the biggest, the biggest transition for anybody. Even, you know, some something as bank accounts, bank account reconciliation. Is the same thing, you know. Everybody has the old Excel sheet with all the outstanding checks, and they 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 like to just prepare the way the same way they're doing it before, and they importing the whole work, which again is just double, uh, you know, do creates more work. Uh, so, you know, convincing the people what is the best way to transition the Excel files or other files into art, so art can do the work for you. Yeah, that was actually my next question. Any words of wisdom that you have for people who are considering this? But that is a really great point. <clears throat> you know, if you are just going to do your regular work exactly the same as you are, but stick it into an automation system, you will still get limited benefits from it because you still have yeah. workflows, digital sign off, you know, dashboarding on completeness. But you will, like the, how you decide, how optimized and how deep you want to go in the system determines the results you're going to get out of it. So if you yeah. can break out some of those spreadsheets and start tracking open items individually, then you're going to get the benefits of aging reports and um, that sort of thing. That's just going to be much more powerful when it comes to not only management, but also when you do that review. Because eventually you can get out of doing that sign off one by one by one by one, you can actually run a report of all your exceptions and then maybe sign off the bulk on the reconciliation. So it will change the way you do that work, um, but that is dependent upon how your people decide to approach the, the project. So after we do the project, it's, um, you know, we offer a variety of support options available, phone, email, chat, Raul, um, I think you guys mostly do email support, right? You write in. Mm -hmm. I don't think folks have called that much yet. Okay. Um, most people prefer to do it over email, and we have one of the best customer service ratings in this industry. So our response rate to a help request is usually under one hour, 
which is pretty phenomenal. Our founder comes from the, our CEO comes from the hospitality industry. So she's really big on service, which, um, you know, a lot of other software companies are kind of going the other way. They want self-serve. So we have self-serve as well, portals, job aids, you know, things you can read slash watch like videos, but we're also still very partial to live support over either phone, email, or chat if you want it. You know, in terms of some of the benefits that you would get out of automation, you know, the most obvious one is, hey, you have central and real-time management of your documents. You have now insight that is real-time and that's auditable. In a lot of cases, we have seen time saved during audit, meaning the client side saves time catering to the auditors. You're going to go paperless. And depending on how long your close process is, um, you know, if you already have a fairly long close process today, you could stand to gain a lot of time saved during the closing process. And in terms of, um, Raul, you think about the old company that you were at uh, without naming the company, what were some of the pain points you guys were trying to get out of getting a system? And if you recall, what type of benefits you've achieved out of um, the other company? Well, in that particular instance, we have just uh, gone through a, a merger of various companies throughout the United States. And so what we had is, you know, a large accounting group that used to be five different companies into one. Uh, and we had a lot of legacy balances that uh, were not properly reconciled and not properly evaluated. So our, 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 our biggest benefit was that by standardizing the process, once you know, we put every account into the same format, it was much easier to evaluate. And we began identifying those balances that have no support into, into art and being able to work with those discrepancies as time went on. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but it actually took about nine months to go through, you know, as we, we kept identifying those unsupported balances in the balance sheet at different locations, uh, we were able to, you know, manage them on a monthly basis, manage the resolution, and manage the financial impact that we ended up having having there. Uh, it yeah. did not, it did not, at first, it did not save time. <laughs> at first, mm -hmm. it did not, because there was, uh, you know, five different functions trying to change all the way to a new system. Uh, so the biggest benefit was, uh, you know, being able to manage all these unsupported balances from all these legacy legacy companies and made and made the, the proper decision to resolve those items. Yeah, I think the uh, the objective there is really completeness and thoroughness to validate yeah. accuracy. Right. It's not mm -hmm. it's not always about time savings, but you guys at that other place there were other more urgent priorities. Mm -hmm. That was in play that prompted the, the evaluation. I do want to just get some wisdom from you, Raul. Now, you are someone who I greatly admire. And one of the reasons is because you just tend to get things done. And, you know, I work with other leaders that are like you where, hey, if we make a decision, it's just going to happen, whether it's an initiative or it's software or mm -hmm. whatnot. But then there are other folks sometimes that I come across who, as a leader, they can't seem to just get the team moving. So I don't know if you have top one thing that you could advise in terms of how to make these type of 
help your team make these types of transitions and changes? Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you a you know, high level. I mean, like you say, making the decision, you, you have to, you have to make a conscious decision of what is it that you need, why you need it, and make the case to the upper management, to the people offer you first, and you know, how you're going to about how you're going to move forward after you make the decision. And then with the same strength, you need to convince those who are under you who are going to be the users. I mean, so you have to tell them and explain to them very clearly why do we need this, why it's important, how it's going to help and how it's going to help them in the company. And then it's really the follow through. I mean, a lot of people just delegate here, here, do this and tell me when it's done. Now you have to be involved and under every every step all the way and go you know follow through because if you make the decision and you don't follow through somebody else is not going to get it done for you and you know and, and and take really ownership of of that decision making because it has you, you reach that decision because you want it to achieve a purpose so you have to live through it and you know it's follow through and be the noisy person who is always going to be nagging and say, you know, this is, needs to be done. You haven't done it. You have until Friday to get it done. <laughs> yeah, I did skip over this, but let me just go back. Um, one of the, this is a Gartner survey, um, top 10 priority for CFOs. Um, it's not listed here, but in the survey, I think they surveyed like 500 or 700 people. Uh, one of the things that CFOs have said in terms of their top 10, and I know this is blurry, but a lot of them focus on technology and implementing it. And, but one of the things that they stress is that as CFOs, they're, they feel like exactly like you said, they need to personally be involved in the implementation of finance transformation projects so that they can improve the likelihood of the project succeeding. And that is one of the things that they've mentioned, where if they do delegate that down to, you know, granted, very able-bodied direct reports, um, a lot of times you lose that oomph for the power of the momentum when you do yeah. delegate down, and that directly impacts whether or not your software project is going to be successful. So it's really interesting that you also mentioned that. So that does conclude our webinar today. Um, here's some information on how to reach us. My name is Nancy Wu. Raul, thank you so much for, I know you've been traveling all over the place, so thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us and sharing your wisdom with our audience. Thank you, my pleasure. All right, everyone, have a great rest of the week and we will catch you on one of our next CPU webinars. We hope uh, to see you there. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.